Welcome to Broadly Unfiltered, where Nicole and Gabrielle talk about their take on all the things. No filters, some swearing, but always on their own terms. Hello, hello. Hello. Oh, what? My dog thinks there's something, somebody here. Because <laughs> we said hello. <laughs> Bella, it's okay. Nobody's it's here. Just us. It's just us. Well, welcome back to episode four. We're super excited. We have been like a little sad that well, we haven't done it, but we haven't seen each other in two weeks. We haven't seen each other in two weeks. In the last two weeks, what has happened? I turned 34. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I said I was going to, I'll like, let, I'll let you borrow my walker. It's okay. Yeah. What else is going on? My sister is still pregnant. No baby yet. Well, both sisters are still pregnant. No babies yet. No babies. They're still tucked in there. Mm-hmm. One will be here this week. <laughs> One way or another, that baby's coming out. <laughs> So I'm excited for that. Well, that is exciting. Um, What'd you do this weekend? Went home and saw my dad's new car. Sweet. It is not a midlife crisis car. It is a well-deserved, hopefully, retirement present to himself. That's awesome. I don't. I don't like it. I love it. I love it. It's a really cool car. <laughs> I don't fit in it. Yeah. I got very claustrophobic, and I was like, "Dad, your car is so small." Because I'm used to like my Jeep. Yeah. Or even like. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny how things are like, so my car's like, I have a G Patriot. So it's a little bit of a smaller, like SUV. It's like, yeah, smaller. Well, <laughs> I have Emma's car seat in my car for when I want, like, I'm going to start watching that hopefully tomorrow. My sister will be called at some point tomorrow. <laughs> um, and I was like, why is your car so small? <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry, excuse me. But they have a Highlander that like, so it's a little bit higher. It's long. It has the three rows. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. It's just like, why are your car so small? (laughs) And then she's like, I can't get out of here. Like she was having trouble like stepping down from her car seat because it was just like an awkward height. Yeah, hilarious. Well, Colin's really. She says things like, um. Your car is way dirtier than dad's. <laughs> My car is way dirtier than dad's because of you. <laughs> Why are there sprinkles stuck to my seats? Um, you? Because she decided that she wanted an ice cream cone, but she just wanted to lick some of the sprinkles off. And, and that was it. Drip. And literally the ice cream place is five minutes from our house and it was a disaster. But was it DQ or was it? It was DQ. Yeah. Yeah. So there's little lip, lip ones everywhere. <laughs> um, so Colin's straight face asked me this question. Hey mom, when I turn five, can I get a tattoo? Shut up. I I was like, um, no. You, I was, I, I did not know what to say because I was just like, okay, the fact that you think that you can, I mean, I'll get her like a little stick, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I was like, mm, no. No, no, you can't. And she was like, when can I get a tattoo? I said, whenever you're 18 and you don't live here. Oh, okay. And then she said yesterday, as I was in the bathroom, trying to peacefully go to the bathroom, she goes, hey, mom, can I jump off a cliff when I'm five? And I was like, jump off a cliff? She watched this video with this family who jumped, they were in Hawaii and they jumped off a cliff into the water, like by a waterfall or mm. stuff. And like the, the daughter's like seven years old. And I was like, um, no, no, that is another, you have to be 18. So when they say kids say the darndest thing, they're not wrong. That's hilarious. Yeah. I was like, yeah. What, what made her like talk about the tattoo? Is it because you ha- you're getting that tattoo soon? Maybe. <laughs> or it was something she saw on YouTube. Oh, well, that's fair. But I, it might have been because I was talking about that. I don't know. I don't know. But she just straight up like, just, yo, when I'm five, can I have a tattoo? I'm like, come January. No, we're not getting a tattoo. <laughs> can you get her one of those ones that like last? Like not the regular like 
the ones that take a, a day or so to like develop or whatever it is yeah. and then they like go away yeah oh yeah i'll leave one on there like it'll be like it'll one of those hearts those flash hearts that say mom with like the arrow through it <laughs> i'll get her one of those she'll have like mom and dad and then we'll get her one you know one that says london you <laughs> should <laughs> like a paw like a paw print with it you should check any of the Harley stores or something? Because sometimes they have like sleeves, the fake sleeves. The, sleeves. The fake sleeves. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Speaking of tattoos, when is your appointment? On my birthday. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. exciting. On my birthday. So, yeah. She's she's amazing. It. Yeah. She just she's just really cute and like she did. I don't even know how many tattoos she did because. So we went to the My Body, My Choice event. Yeah. I went with Caitlin and, like. Everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looked like it was crazy, which was awesome. Like, I'm yeah. super happy about that. Yeah, it was, like, Caitlin and her cousin and her sister and one of their other friends. It was it was awesome. Like, we were the first people there in line, which was perfect. Yeah. Um, I got two. Did I show you them? Yeah. Yeah. I really, I wanted to go, and then I don't know what happened with my life, and I didn't end up going. It's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I I have two that I want. I don't know, like, because I, you know, I want, like, my tiny flower, but I also want, like, my grandma's writing, mm -hmm. too. So I'm hoping that I can do that because that would just make my heart happy. I was just going to say that one probably be awesome. Yeah. for my Especially for my birthday, I'm like, uh -huh. Yeah. I don't know. I love I'm it. I'm excited about it. I'm like, so we got babies. Babies trying to get tattoos. Having tattoos. Let's get some tattoos. But if you're in the market and you're in Pittsburgh for a tiny tattoo, Cult, cult Studio Pittsburgh. Yes. She's very new, but she's really cute. Shop. She does great work. She does great work. Like, cute it's pretty shop. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So... We approve. Yeah. We approve. Broadly approved. Broadly approved. <laughs> oh, that's we, got, we got to start broadly like, approving things. We may need to trademark that bad boy. Hmm. <laughs> Caitlin, will be having a conversation with you soon about things. <laughs> uh, by the way, Beyond Boss, once again, shout out always. Just because yeah. if it wasn't for Beyond Boss, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here living out a dream that we've wanted to do for a while. Yeah. So. And through the people who are like, you have a podcast? Yeah, I do. Do you? Go to Apple Podcasts and Google. I'm just saying, not Google, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I have a podcast. We have a podcast. Anyway, but so. What are we talking about today? Um, I think we are going to talk about you. Me. And your story. And let's talk about. We could be here for like four days. The saga that is. <laughs> the saga that is Nicole's health. Yes. And it will make you understand, first of all, why we talk about the things we talk about. Why the first time we like met up to hang out, we had water. And why your health dictates everything you do. So. Pretty much. Have at it. <laughs> well, if you know me personally, you know that my health is one of those things that just have been really tough. And, like, I do show a brave face, but, like, it's it's consistently tough um, when things just continue to, like, evolve and things happen. So, as a like, as a child, I think I had anxiety as a child. It was just never, like, actually diagnosed as anxiety. Yeah. So, like, and a little bit of irritable bowel, like, stuff. Because, like, when I would get nervous, when I would get, you know, scared or excited or something, like, my stomach would hurt all the time. Yeah. Like. And I never wanted to poop in school. Yeah. <laughs> that was all, because that was the thing. I was like, I yeah. don't want to eat. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like before we would go on vacation and be in the car for like I would just get nervous and my stomach would hurt and it was just like 
there's so many things. So as a child, I, I, as I retroactively looked at my life, like we're starting from the beginning guys, like as I, this may take a few episodes. It's okay. (laughs) I'll try, I'll try to make it like not super long winded, but I also like to talk. So we'll give an overview. Yeah. There's an overview and then we'll have like, you know, the extended, what's it called? The extended version. (laughs) The director's cut. The director's cut. (laughs) We'll do that. We'll do that. So as a child, having like nervous stomach, all of those things, go to like my teenage years. It was still the same thing, but I would consistently like not feel good, but I wouldn't have a fever. Like I wouldn't have anything, just my stomach would hurt. I'd be nauseous and like, it, it was just, and I started going to doctors for it and they just said, oh, it's just IBS. And I'm like, I got that for years years the amount of doctors that told me you just have ibs used to infuriate me because it was like i'm like but nothing i do differently like yeah so would they run tests or would they just tell you this is what it was well they well they didn't do a ton of tests back then um like in my teenage years yeah And, you know, I was in college, like, so I started college at 17. Um, No, I lied. I turned 18 right before I started college. And so like being in college and having that stress and kind of stuff. So like, I think it was just, oh, she's really stressed out because she's in college and she needs to manage her stress. And it was just IBS. But like, it got to the point where it was just like really, really difficult. To like continually feel like garbage. Yeah. Like your quality of life was shitty. Yeah. Like it, it just, it sucked. Like at one point they gave me stuff for acid reflex, which I do get, but like, I don't think that was like the root of all the problems. Like I'll explain why <laughs> <laughs> or try. So like let's go to 2012. I like had it with my stomach. Like I was sick all the time. It did not matter what I ate. Like I was eating crackers and rice. Just like I was eating the plainest food that you could possibly eat because everything made me sick. And finally, spring of, yeah, I would say March, April-ish of 2012. I was like, I'm done. I went to MedExpress and I was like, something is wrong with me. Tell me what is wrong. They're like, we, like, there's nothing that we can see that's wrong with you. Yeah. And I was like, but this is like, something is not right with me. Like, I don't feel good every single day from the minute I wake up, you know, I'm having horrible bathroom issues, like horrible pain. Um, and they were like, well, we can give you a referral to go see a gastroenterologist who will run more tests. They can tell you how to do things. Or they can tell you like what's going on. Went to the gastroenterologist. They did blood tests. Um, did you get the scope? Not yet. Mm. So they did a bunch of blood tests first. They had me scheduled for an endoscopy and a colonoscopy. But when they got the results back for my blood test, they determined that I had celiac disease. Which is why you would feel like shit eating yes. crackers. So like, so those of you that don't know what celiac disease is, it's an autoimmune disease where your body cannot tolerate the protein gluten that is in bread product. Like all of, like literally it's in everything. So it's in wheat, rye, barley, um, I say oats for me because I can't handle oats. There are some people that can handle gluten-free oats, but I cannot. So I, all of those things yeah. are reactive in my body. So this, like in your small intestines, what happens is in celiac disease is your body sees that protein as being a danger to your body and it damages the insides of your intestines And it's funny, my mom always laughs when I talk about this, but there's these like little like 
shag carpet things on the yeah. inside of your intestines. What are they called? The cilia? It's something like that. Yeah. yeah. I never and it's what moves the food through. It's like Yeah, it's it, yes. Yeah. And it looks like if you look at a picture of it, it looks like shag carpet. Yeah. <laughs> so when you have celiac disease and your body is as bad as mine, like you're they're flat. Like they go flat. Like they're not sticking up anymore, they go flat. Which means your body's not like taking in any nutrients or, or, or vitamins or minerals, like nothing. Um, so you're malnourished. Yeah, factory shuts down. Some people gain weight, some people lose weight. I gained weight. It's it's very strange how you're- And that's a bullshit thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, so they determined based on the antibodies in my blood tests that I had celiac disease because mine were so high. They were like, we still want to do an endoscopy to just check. Like, so what they do is they do an endoscopy and then they take a biopsy and they, they check to make sure that that is exactly what's happening. Yes. 100%. That's what was happening. So I was like, oh my God, I'm not crazy. <laughs> like, I am not crazy. Some of the times where you want to go, I told you. Like, <laughs> like, like literally, I, I think back and I'm like, I was saying something was wrong and something was actually wrong. Yeah. Like, I wasn't, don't. Medical community, do not dismiss the way that people feel and what they're going through. <laughs> Just because you are a doctor, <laughs> yes, you may know better, but they might have other shit going on. So, there you go. Yeah. Disclaimer. So, sorry. <laughs> Disclaimer. So at the time, like, so that was like May of 2012, I was diagnosed. I was 23. Like, imagine being 23 years old and them telling you that your entire lifestyle had to change. Yeah. Because at that time, I was still going to the bar every weekend. I was drinking beer because I loved beer. I was eating at bars, like, when I didn't have anybody to try. Like, I ate out because I was living on my own. I didn't have a boyfriend. Like, I was just living my best life. Like, you do when you're in your early 20s, right? Like, right. you work and you're unattached. You, you have fun. Yeah. And so that, like, literally, like, just. That's a traumatic change. Like, it, it turns your world, like, it, it does, like, a complete 360 of how you have to, like, li- live your life. Yeah. Because you navigate, like, you're trying to navigate and think about it. This was 10 years ago. So if you go into the grocery stores now, are you like, most people are aware of gluten free. Yeah. It's not a big aisle, but it's an aisle. But, but 10 years ago, it wasn't as prevalent as it is today. So going to the grocery store for the first time was one of the most traumatic experiences. I was in there for like three hours trying to read every single label of the foods that I liked because I, I didn't make a ton of money. I was buying cheap food. Right. Which but, is glutenized. Which is not gluten-free. Like, it just is not. Yeah. And there weren't many options. So, like, it literally, like, just, like, turns your world around. And for those of you who have celiac disease and are my celiac brothers and sisters, I love you. It's not always the easiest disease but it is a disease that affects a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Another one of my friends has it. Yeah. And she has that little machine. The Nema. Yeah. yeah. My dietitian wants me to get the Nema sensor. Yeah. It's a lot of money. It- <laughs> but I'm like, I guess I could do that. It's just the cartridges that are just as expensive. So right. it's like. Yeah. I could. And she was like, it still happens where, like, yes, it will test it. But sometimes it's like inadvertently something might, yeah, yeah. She'd be like, oh, I got gluten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, so I look back at that 10 years ago. And now, like, I go to the grocery store and I know what I can, like, I eat the same foods all the time. Like, yeah. I don't try a lot of time. I don't try a ton of new foods. But, like. In 10 years, the industry really has broadened its horizons. For good or bad. Out of necessity, though. I mean, Out of necessity, but honestly, I have some pretty strong opinions about it. <laughs> like, 
it is a good thing that it's more prevalent and companies are paying attention to it. Right. But it also became a fad diet. Yes. And that is what made companies pay more attention because it was a fad diet and not necessarily a medical medically yeah. necessary and diet. Medically, they didn't see the money signs like, you know. Correct. But then they see it as a fad diet and it's right. making it rain now. Right. Yeah. The Wheat Belly, that book, I don't know how many sales is, but like if you look at that book, like it was bought a lot. It created that fad diet you know what i mean like and not necessarily just that book but like a lot of things oh you know i gotta google <laughs> but i am thankful for the advocacy that people do for gluten for like celiac disease and other autoimmune diseases because if you didn't know there are other autoimmune diseases out there that also require a person to be gluten-free. Yes. There's also non-celiac intolerance, which means they get the celiac symptoms, but don't have the celiac gene. So just a little like not more history well, about it. Like, it's actually really good to know mm -hmm. because anytime that I have stomach issues, which I've had my entire life, um, like my mom was just like, you literally were halfway through dinner and you're already going to the bathroom. That's what she would say. Yeah. My stomach just, just says no. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's good to know that because when I had, I had an endoscopy, I think last year actually, um, or the year before because of acid reflux and they just wanted to check for ulcers and things like that. And they also wanted to check for celiac just in case while they were in there. So yeah. it's good to know that sometimes you can still. Yeah. And there's, there's just like regular gluten intolerance. Like there are people that just, again, can't handle it. Yeah. Um, I'm not a medical professional. So like. I will say I will still eat soft pretzels no matter how much it hurts because <laughs> there are times that that is the only thing that I want. And I know that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. But at, so like moving forward in my like celiac rant, after I got diagnosed, it was like, it, it felt like relieving. Like it was just like, okay, I can do this. Was it hard? There's not even a word for how hard it was, but you get in the routine and like you start, you know, figuring things out and I was healing. And you know, when you have celiac disease, your body has to heal. Like once you stop eating gluten, your body has to heal itself. So it takes time. So I gave it some time, but I continued to consistently have issues with my stomach. Still had lots of pain, still had lots of gas. Things would run right through me. Like I couldn't eat certain things because it just would make me run to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, and so it was still frustrating. So I kept going to doctors. They ran 400,000 tests on me and never did anything. So I went to one doctor. He ran 800 tests on me. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. This doctor is just putting me through the, like, wasn't doing anything to help me. Yeah. Like wasn't doing anything to help my symptoms. He just kept running tests. And I'm like, these tests aren't doing anything. And like, I'm waking up every day and I still feel like garbage. I'm still running to the bathroom. Like it was just, I had been fed up. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna look for another doctor. I stumbled upon Dr. Dr. Mark Schwartz. I love him. He, he was a very attractive man. Um, <laughs> So that was a bonus, but he actually specialized in celiac disease, IBD, which if you didn't know, IBD is the chronic version of IBS. It's irritable bowel disease, which means it doesn't go away and doesn't resolve. Um, and I have that too. <laughs> but he specialized in celiac disease and IBD at um, the Digestive Disorders Clinic in Oakland. When I, he didn't save my life, but he made me feel like a human. Right. He made me feel like that my feelings were valid. Yeah. Like everything that I was going through was not right. Yeah. And you just want to be heard and understood, like acknowledged. Yes. You want to be acknowledged. Yes. 
And if anybody needs a gastroenterologist, Dr. Mark Schwartz is always going to be my recommendation. I recommended it to my cousin, my aunt, like other people because he just he just gets it. Yeah. And um honestly just he didn't save my life, but he made me feel better. Did he give you a better quality of life because Because yes. Yes. So like my first appointment he's like I'm not going to put you through the ringer. He's like, you've had every test known to man and it's ridiculous. He's like, I'm not doing that again. He's like, it's just, <laughs> he's like, it's just not fair to you. Like, like there are, like there are things that are happening. So he put me on a bunch of medicines. He determined that at that point he had determined that I had IBD with celiac disease and I had something called visceral hypersensitivity, which is, <laughs> So visceral hypersensitivity is like your the nerves and everything in your gastrointestinal system are hypersensitive. So when you're digesting food, like you see, like your body has to contract and release and contract and release. When you have visceral hypersensitivity, you feel all that. So that's where my pain was coming from, a majority of it. Yeah. And... Again, it was just like, holy shit, like, I'm not making this up. Yeah. So it was, a, I mean, it was a lot. Like, I was, celiac was confirmed. I confirmed IBD and um, visceral hypersensitivity. So he gave me medicine to help relieve the symptoms because I was eating a good diet. My celiac numbers and my blood work were fine. So, like, all of those things were fine, but it was the other things that weren't being taken care of. Yeah. I also started a low FODMAP diet because if you don't know what the low FODMAP diet is, it's basically where you cut all the fructose, sucrose, all of the things that you eat that ferment certain ways in your digestive system. Some people can't tolerate it. Like I can't eat onion. I can't eat garlic. I can't eat lots of fruits and vegetables. Cause it, your body just doesn't digest it. And when it does, like it turns into like over, I forget how to explain it, but basically like the way that the body ferments the food. Yeah. It just does like, does not. It doesn't work. Jive. Yeah. With your system. So there's, so I've been on medicine. We tried different like levels of medicines and like things like that. And I really like honed in on, the disease and like how to manage it and what to eat, what not to eat. And I live my life hundred percent gluten-free, hundred percent like dairy-free. Cause, oh yeah. Cause I was also lactose intolerant. <laughs> I mean, you may as well just throw that one in there for good measure. So. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? You're never going to have any of the good stuff. But I mean, there are good things out there you can have. There are. Yeah. I mean, they're just adjusting to that it is like adjusting to it and like living your lifestyle like that is very hard yeah. like that's another thing like i'd probably throw it punch somebody i'm not gonna lie i mean there were there were days <laughs> there were plenty of days that like just were hard and they're still hard because like i have all these illnesses and there are days that things are still hard yeah. Like, I'm still finding things out. Um, and unfortunately, too, the thing is, is, like, with those illnesses, people don't – it's not like you're missing a leg or something. Oh, God, I'm going to get so canceled for this. But it's not like it's but, something that's visible. Mm -hmm. So people don't know, and they're like, what, you're not going to eat when you're here? No, I'm just going to have water because I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to be sick. I can't do those kind of things, yeah. you know? So people don't see those invisible things, and then they just – Say the words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like invisible illnesses are hard and like it, it's hard to advocate for yourself because you can't really see what's happening. And some days like it causes like depression. You know what I mean? Like it can create such a mental hat. Like it can. What are the words? What are the words, Nicole? 
<laughs> it can run havoc on your mental illness, right. you know, like your mental health in general, because it's like you don't feel good, but you can't really like tell. You're always sick. You never feel good, and you're like, yeah, I feel like shit. <laughs> I feel like shit and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. I'm doing all the things that I can't do, you know, yeah. but it, it wears, yeah. it wears on you. Yeah. And like, now that I'm in my mid thirties, <laughs> so old, so old. I'm really trying to like hone in on being the healthiest version of myself because over the years, like I have gained a significant weight, like, Weight's another thing. That's special. That's a whole other episode. But like, I'm doing all the right things that I should be doing. I'm very strict when it comes to my diet. I don't eat out. Like, I don't eat at restaurants. So like, when Gabe and I met that that first time to talk about things, we literally had water because I don't eat out. So like, I also had a margarita. Oh, that's true. I you did, did you, you did have you you did. I did have a margarita yeah. because I was like, I mean, I need a margarita. <laughs> but like honestly, like if I go out to eat, I don't eat. Or I like bring something with me, or I eat right before we go, or I eat when we come home. Cause it's just like not it's not worth me being sick for the next couple of days to eat out. Yeah. There are plenty of people with celiac disease who can safely eat out. So I don't want like to scare people, but me personally, I'm so sensitive. It's just easier for you not to. It's just easier for me not to. Yeah. I have more fun. Like I engage in the conversation and I talk to everybody around me. Like it's just one of those things that like I've navigated. And when there's stuff with food, like I bring my own stuff. Like if, for example, on Saturday we went to my sister's house. My mom was in town and she was leaving Sunday morning. So we went to my sister's just to hang out with her and just like, yeah, chill. They had pizza and all kinds of stuff. I brought my own food and everybody expects me to bring my own right. food. So I like, expect it now. <laughs> so it's just like, it's, it's literally one of those things where it's like, I just know how to navigate it better than I did 10 years ago. Right. And just consistently learning about my body is just, it's exhausting, but like being my own advocate and making the rules for my own life are one of the things that have helped me overcome a lot of this stuff and why I, I, I know I sound very like nonchalant about it and like very cool, but it, but it was all of these years of learning right? that, that makes this person be this way. Yes. Once you have accepted and started to deal with the trauma, then you can just be like, oh, it's okay. My body just said no. It's fine. Like, yeah. yes. You just get to that point where you're like, it's fine. Yeah. Because it's not going to change anything. No. You know, and you're like, dude, this is what it is. I mean, I actually brought my own food to our wedding. That was <laughs> in, the safest thing to do. In a Tupperware container. Like, because it, again, it was the safest thing for me. And I wanted everybody. So like when I think about gatherings, like food isn't the first thing I think about. The experience is what I first think about because that's more important than food to me. Yeah. Food is just a necessity. Like I know. Food is what just brings them all together. Yes. Right. But me, I don't need the food. Yeah. You just want the people. I just, just want the people. The time. Yeah. <laughs> so like having good food at our wedding was very important to me. And like, we actually took like a few friends and my sisters all came to help Rich taste food because you couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was going to be no help. Um, but again, like we ended up having great food. People still talk about the food and that's all I wanted because not, there's nothing worse than going to a wedding and the food be shitty. Oh, literally like the gross, like weird chicken cordon bleu, like dry rigatoni. Yeah. I mean, trust me, when I go to weddings, I actually write on my response card, do not get a meal for me because I won't eat it. Yeah. So I'm literally like, don't pay for the plate because I because, won't eat it. Yeah. I will bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a protein bar and some pretzels. If there's one thing about me, <laughs> my friends know. <laughs> 
that if there's anywhere, like I will bring my own snacks. I will bring pretzels. I will bring cheese. I will bring a protein bar. Oh yeah. <laughs> like literally like I come with my own food and my own snacks. Like it was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but because that's how I navigate, that's like, that's how I've learned yeah. how to navigate life. And it just makes it so much easier for me on a regular basis. Well, my friend, that's what she would do too. Mm -hmm. And she would have to have specific things and everything like that. And then, you know, and she would just be like, nope, I can't have that. Like we would get takeout for the whole office just because, yeah, she's like, I can't take that chance. Yeah. You know, she drank black coffee because mm -hmm. she couldn't do. See, I wonder if sometimes you're like, does the gluten and the lactose like situation kind of like overlap? A Not little always. But unfortunately for her. Oh. I'm so sorry. It did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. And like, so Rich and I have been together for nine years almost, um, totally. And when we moved in together, this was like a, a deal breaker. Okay. Like deal breaker. <laughs> People are probably going to think you're absolutely insane. Our entire home is gluten-free. Like we don't buy food at the grocery stores separately for him to have. Yeah. That's not gluten-free. Our entire home is gluten-free. Now, when there's gatherings or like parties or things like that, I will have people like if they want to bring glutinous stuff. Yes. I leave it on the table and then we clean up the table afterwards. Yeah. So like that I don't mind, but like everything that we make and we cook and we eat is all gluten-free. Yeah. Cause it's the only way I feel safe. In my home, preparing the food in my home. Safe in your own home. Yeah, yeah, yes. I'm also a control freak, so that probably plays into it. But like being able to, <laughs> I mean, just a little bit, <laughs> just just a tiny, just a little bit, it's okay, just a little bit. But like that is the way that like I feel the safest is controlling our environment. Yeah, and it's it's been nine years, and he's so used to it now. Like so used to it. Yeah. And it just, like, we have holidays at our house and we make food and most of it's entirely gluten-free and it tastes just as good. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a lot of things that you can do to make gluten-free food feel just the same as everybody else's food. Yeah. And, you know, that's just a little, uh, for anybody, like, anybody that has family members that have celiac disease, if you're trying, if you're understanding the disease, like, that's really all people want yeah. in life is just to be, like, understood. And me, yeah, like, I got comfortable just being like, yeah, whatever, I'm fine, because that's who I am. But if you do have somebody that has issues or is, like, struggling with that, you know, disease or, like, lifestyle change, like, please, like, reach out to us because... I would love to talk to them. Um, love to answer questions that they have. I, yeah, I'm passionate about it. I do talk about it on my Instagram. Um, and that's another outlet, like being able to like laugh and do reels about like oh, yeah. celiac disease is also another form of like therapy of just being like, this is my life, you know? Yeah. Um, it's really cool. I have some that I want to do about like your stuff. Oh yeah. Just <laughs> because if you like, if you can't, if you can't laugh about it, if you can't, because it is your reality. Yeah. What are you going to like with the things that I've had going on? I'm just like, it's fine. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. And if you, if you, you can't wallow in it, you can't just, you know what I mean? If you sit there and you just, in like being angry or you know whatever mm -hmm. it's just it's not gonna help you it's actually gonna make it worse yeah and resentful and then you're just gonna be that person nobody's gonna want to hang out with you for yeah. water or anything <laughs> exactly you know exactly and it's like talk to other people about it mm -hmm. I that's I didn't really know a lot of people that had a, you know like a gluten yeah. tolerance or anything like that and then my friends you know, once she was telling me all about it, and I was like, that's shitty. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
you know. It sucks. <laughs> but like, it's, and I say that in the most cathartic way. Like, it does suck. Because I recognize that it does. Yeah. But 90% of the time, it's fine. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's that way with anything that you're going through. You know, you'll have those times where you're like, this is the worst. This is the worst. And then you know, you know you've had days that are worse. I mean, and sometimes maybe it actually is the worst day. And it can be. Mm. But you're like, I'm fine. Like, Mm. it's okay. But if you don't make fun of it, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I find humor as a way of like dealing with things, you know? Yeah. So. But like with the celiac disease stuff, like that's pretty much in check. Like, yeah, that is fine. But I consistently still have issues. Yeah. Like even after, like even all of the precautions that I take, even as careful as I am, like I still have issues. And like, it just there like you said there are days that are rough so earlier this year like i started seeing a um dietitian um because she specializes in like hormones and like hormone like through healing your body through food and like she's more um aware of that and like eating for autoimmune diseases and things like that um and so i've met with her a couple times and she recently did a stool test on me and I found out I have other things happening in my body. <laughs> yeah. The plot thickens. L- literally, like, <laughs> literally. The plot thickens. And so, like, recently, like, these are, these are not, like, serious, non-reversible things, but there are things that validate that I'm still having issues. Right. And so, like, I've also, I've had this realization again that, like, I'm not crazy. Something else is wrong. Right. And, like, when she read me the results, she was like, I'm excited to tell you this. She's like, I mean, I'm not excited in a way that, like, this is what's going on in your body. But she's like, I'm excited that we found stuff. Right. She's like, because if we didn't find stuff, like. Then it would be. Then it would have been, like, what the hell. What's going on. Yes. Yes. You know, but to have an answer as yes. to why things are still jacked up. Yes. You know. Yeah. Like, at least if you tell me, oh, by the way, this is why you're, you know, this is why you're a hot mess. <laughs> I'm cool with that. <laughs> I like to have an answer. And I'll be like, that's awesome. At least there's a reason. Yeah. But if I don't have a reason, I'm like, well, this is just bullshit. Yeah. I mean, a couple of months ago, like, I had an appointment with her. and I, I literally cried the entire appointment because I was just struggling so much with everything that was going on with my body like gaining weight and like just like there's just like so much so she diagnosed she diagnosed me with h pylori um she diagnosed me with candida i'm not gonna explain what all these things are yeah it's very easy like common thing to google uh i have some other bacterial things going on that are a little bit on the high side also i'm getting gluten somehow so that's another thing so like in the test i still had high like i still had signs of gluten getting in my diet this is very strange yes i don't like i don't understand so this is why she's like i think that you need to get a nema sensor and test test like all the stuff that you eat like on a regular basis and I was even like, though you know that it says it may say things mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that so it could be gluten free in parentheses, like quotations, like it's gluten free, like 98% gluten free. Well, here's the thing. In order to be certified gluten free foods, this is according to the FDA. Um, it's also according to medical doctors. Like if something has lower than 0. 0.20 parts per million, did I say that right? Sure. I think so. Um, it, it sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> it's either like, yeah, I think it's 0. 0.20 parts per million or less. The product can be considered gluten-free. Um, so if it's above that, it's not gluten-free. But if it's below that, 
it could be considered gluten-free. They could slide a little bit of gluten in there, like... <sighs> Potentially. Don't tell anybody. But according to, the, like, the medical information that I've read, like, anything under 0.20 parts per million should not affect your... Unless you're also very hypersensitive. Right. Yeah. So that could also be it. Right. We're, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but, like, I have to... But you have some answers. Mm -hmm. You have some answers and things to go on. Yeah. Which is good. What I think is not good is when you have medical professionals that are not willing to hear you out and go that extra step, mm -hmm. you know, that are like, hey, I need you to poop in this box for me because I want to see what's really going on, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I hate even, I love my PCP and she's amazing. Yeah. I hate when I have to come to her with another problem because I know there's something going on. Yeah. But I'm like, I know you all think that I'm a hypochondriac, but I have not been wrong with what things are going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Like, you know your body better than anybody else. Yeah. And I'm like, you, I, I live in this shit every yeah. day. Yeah. You have to, like, you have to advocate for yourself. And yeah. if you know somebody that is older that can't advocate for themselves, advocate for them because that's what's important. It's like for you and the people around you to know what's going on in your body and fight. Yeah. While we shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> right. That's the situation like advocating for yourself. Now, I've been very lucky with doctors. I have too. Except for that first one that I didn't like. Yes. But anytime, so Dr. Mark Schwartz has graduated me to his PA because. You're under control. I'm under control. I used to go see him every two months. Wow. Like I was there every two months. Um, but now I'm, I love his PA. She was his nurse first and then she went to like. PA school and all yeah. that. Yeah. So now she's his so PA. Her. Love her. Like, she's just very realistic and, like, they know my whole story. They know right. all my issues. Like, I've been going on them for so long now. Well, I think that's why, like, my doctor's office, they're like, hey, how are you? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and they know my daughter because she goes there, too. And yeah. I like when they know your history. They know what happened with my husband. They know, you know what I mean? They know all the ins and outs. I mean, literally all the ins and outs of everything that <laughs> has happened. Yeah. You know? And that's like, you build that trust. What I hate is whenever you build that trust. And then they break it. Well, or they break it by leaving you. Oh, yeah. And moving. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Like, I'm sorry you want to go live your best life in another state. But how dare you leave me? But how dare you leave me and any <laughs> concerns that I may have, you know? Yeah. So, like, I'm super thankful for the doctors that I've had, that my husband has had, and they have been all very open to, you know, hearing, you know, discussing things. Yeah. And it's like, I know, like even my PCP recently, I reached out to her because I said, you know what, something just isn't right. And I'm exhausted. Like I could not function. I would fall asleep in the middle of the day. I, it was like, I was trying to, like I was underwater trying to walk through it and I just couldn't. And I said, Hey, can we try me taking this that I used to take before I had my hysterectomy? Yeah. Because I read that it is also a treatment for X, Y, and Z. And she was like, you know what? I haven't really heard of that, but I mean, you've been on it before. Let's try it out for a couple of months and see how it goes. Um, I'm tired today because I only slept for three and a half hours because I was too busy playing on my iPad trying to design content. <laughs> but I, it made a difference. And she was just like, let's do it and it was literally a simple email mm -hmm. and she's just like because she knows that i know myself mm -hmm. so at the same time i'm also hesitating to go and see her about something else that's going on because i don't want to be seen as hypochondriac even though you're not i know and i know that the, i and you know that she's gonna listen to you but like you're also afraid that you're gonna be like you have too many things like you need to chill yeah but I also know that she'll be like, let's just check this out to, you know, alleviate your worries. And she has done that before. Like mm -hmm. I had a heart monitor on before because I was having palpitations and it was my overwhelming anxiety, you know? Yeah. Like I'm happy that I've had that opportunity to 
you know, talk to doctors and stuff. And trust me, whenever everything happened with Matt, I was like, oh no, he's not going to be that one person that dies. This is what's going to happen. And they were like, all right, well, we're going with that attitude. They were like, <laughs> they said, well, she said so, so we're all right. Like they just kind of, they went with it mm -hmm. because you can't yeah. think in that other headspace. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, what bothers me is that had they listened, had the hospital listened to us whenever my grandma went in and they didn't wait two days to put her yeah. in the ICU, had yeah. they done what they should have done that first day, she would probably still be here. I mean, I know everybody has their time, but yeah, they dismissed her because she was 88. Oh, she's 88. I'm like, my grandma's 88 is somebody else's 58. Yeah. Okay. So she'll. Yeah. I, yeah. I get it. You know, and like the the message really is is like, like I just said, like advocating for yourself is so important when yeah. it comes to medical stuff, and like taking control of your own body and like your health is so huge. Like I I said earlier, like healthy girl summer versus I don't know if I did say this, maybe I just said it in no, my I head. I think you did. <laughs> so like I want healthy girl summer. I don't want hot girl summer. Actually, I just want hot girl life. Or Healthy, healthy girl, girl life. life. Sorry, my brain's just like. Um, healthy and hot. There you go. Yes, exactly, exactly. And it's like taking one step at a time, and like surrounding yourself with people. Like, let's be clear. My friends and my family are wonderful, and you know the people that I interact with on a regular basis. Like, they get it. Right. And they're there. You know what I mean? Like they've taken the time to learn and understand it, which is so important. Yeah. Because if you're not talking to your family about it and you're not being open about it, it can be very isolating yes. family or friends. Um, so if I teach you anything else, it's to talk about what's going on yeah. in your body. The other thing is, is if they dismiss it, if they dismiss it, it's not you, it's them. Right. Don't take that as you being crazy. And I have, done that before yeah oh you worry too much oh do i okay mm -hmm. i was right about all the things so. yeah yeah you know your body yeah <laughs> the, the last thing that i want to say about my health stuff and it's like it's not even that super important but i wanted to do 23 and me have you ever done any of those like dna my blood dad. tests okay yes. which was pretty cool Yes. Very cool. I wanted it for the medical stuff in my DNA, not necessarily like where I came from. Yeah. I mean, where I came from was kind of cool because if you don't, those listening, if you don't know, my dad is adopted. Um, and so we don't know a lot. Actually, we don't know anything about his history. His history. Yeah. Um, and his, the genetic history. Yes, exactly. Like, all of the genetic and medical history stuff. DNAs, yeah. So I, more so than like the actual, like what I'm made of, I wanted the health stuff because when you have one autoimmune, you have others. Like it just like, it's very interesting when you start learning about autoimmune disease and things like that. Um, and so I got the, the DNA test stuff and they test for like celiac disease and other like genetically. Cause if you didn't know celiac disease is a genetic disease that is passed down from your parents, you have to have at least one genetic marker to be predispositioned to have celiac disease. Well, this girl got one from her mom and one from her dad. Oh, that's some bullshit. So like the, like I was literally like, it was written in the stars. Yeah. It was written in my DNA that I was going to have it. Right. But, you know, that is life. And and I just find it very interesting to, like, learn all about right. that. And, like, know what genetically is in my body. It's also, again, more validating. It's like, well, I was going to get it anyways. It wasn't just a fluke. It wasn't anything you did. <laughs> it was literally no nothing that I did. That's, nothing. I think that's the thing that's, like. I didn't, like, I didn't make this happen. Correct. You know, there's so many things. And I was like, but you understand, I, I didn't say, hey, by the way, put some cancer in my uterus. I yeah. never did that. Yeah. You know, and there were things where, 
You just think about the stuff. Yeah. You didn't do anything wrong. Nope. This is one of those times you feel like feeling your parents. <laughs> it is your fault, mom and dad. If you're listening, I love you both. But technically it was your fault. Yeah. <laughs> JK. No, it's it's all in good fun. Like both yeah. my parents are very supportive of yeah. everything and it is wild. It is wild. It is a wild ride. I could I could literally talk another probably hour about all the things that like from a lifestyle perspective that I've learned how to navigate really well. But I will say that like my niece has an egg allergy at this moment. She could potentially outgrow it, um, but she hasn't yet. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. I think things happen for a reason and like, our fa my family just got used to like navigating the world with me and like understanding like food stuff. Right. And then Emma has a an egg allergy and it's 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 almost like I don't know how to explain it, but like it almost feels like it was on purpose. And my sister probably won't fully won't say this or like probably won't say that like she thinks that way, but it's just having somebody else that also has like food stuff. Right. And when we go to restaurants that she can't eat at, like my sister and my brother-in-law prepare to bring her stuff to the restaurant. Like I would, you know, right. it's like all of those things that I've learned over my, you know, the last 10 years, my sister and my brother-in-law are learning. Right. And like we went to Cracker Barrel with my dad. I mean, that's just a gluten nightmare like that. <laughs> well, yeah. I love some Cracker Barrel. Don't yes. get me wrong. But, like, we went there with my dad. Um, he was here a couple months ago. And Emma and I sat at the end of the table. She had her food. I had mine. And then everybody else was eating their Cracker Barrel. And it was just, like, so wholesome. It's like, a like, solidarity between you Yes. <laughs> like, you, yes. you have a different kind of bond because. Yes. Of the things that, yes, you know, exactly. challenges. Exactly. And not to discount my nephew, because my nephew, from a very, very young age, was very aware that I didn't eat like everybody else. Aww. Like, he used to be like, can you eat this? Or he'll be like, Chloe, what are you eating? Like, he was very concerned at a very young age. This like, hard. I know. He's That's my buddy. Sweet. Yes, he's my buddy. But it's just like those things. And like, he knows all about my stuff. He knows all lot of his sister stuff. Like, he's very protective in that way. Like, can Emma eat it? Is she allowed or is she not? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I think things happen for a reason. That'll also make him, that just makes him, uh, things like that make kids better people uh -huh. later on, too, because they become more sensitive to other people. Because it's normal for them. Challenges. You're right. Because they're like, it's no big deal. That's right. cool. Like, or that somebody's different. And I think that's yes. important. Yes. Is that so if somebody's different than you, we're not like, we're yeah. not being all weird. We are embracing that and saying, what can I do to mm -hmm. make this easier for you? Yeah. We should all do that in life in general. <laughs> Just saying. Yes. <laughs> if you learn anything. If you learn anything. Just. Be nice. Be kind. Take care be of good each humans. other. You know? Be good noodles. Good noodles. Live free once. Yeah, be, be a good gluten-free noodle. Or a zoodle. You can be a zoodle. You could be a zoodle, yes. I'm okay with zoodles. I'm, I, can't, I can't get down with the zoodles. That's just not my thing. I wouldn't eat it as an actual zoodle. I'd probably, like, fritterize it somehow. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me tell my story. I loved actually hearing, well, more even more about yeah. your story. So, um, Next is your story, ma'am. Oh, shit. You knew that was coming. I know. So we'll have more good things for you very soon. Um, and if you have questions, reach out to us on Instagram. And um, we're super excited to hear what you think and what questions you might have. So we will talk soon. Have a good week, y'all. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Broadly Unfiltered. Catch you next time.